All right, Brad, I'm back from Hawaii following in your footsteps. <laughs> um, you can see my background. This was taken in the evening, right right as the sun was uh, going down here on uh, on our resort in Kauai. Uh, but I'm back. I'm. I, I, it was kind of like good luck for me to be gone. The Giants played really yeah. well when I was gone. Yeah. So What was the record when you were gone? Uh, so when I left was the beginning of the Dodgers series. Yeah. And then they went four and two against the Dodgers and the Astros, the two of the best teams in baseball, along with them and maybe the Rays, um, record wise at least. So yeah, it yeah. was it was really good stuff. It was fun to watch from or not really watch, but pay attention from afar because everything happens like in the middle of the day. So yeah, you know, I, I shot you a text and I'm like, man, you know, if we ever move out here, this is actually fun. You're done with Giants games at like seven o'clock or whatever. Oh yeah. Well all the West Coast games, <clears throat> if they go into extra innings, it's like eight o'clock and then you could go to bed at a decent time. <laughs> that was the whole thing. I found a, a channel while I was there um all about I don't know if you ran across this channel, if you watched any TV, but I, you know, I tried to at night just to kind of, you know, relax a little bit um, and try to fall asleep. But there was like a, a, a channel that was all about like deep sea skin diving. And these guys would hold their breaths for like three minutes and go down and spear fish. And it wasn't relaxing. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Else? Breath the whole time. <laughs> you know what else wasn't relaxing was What's our that? snorkeling trip. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! The, mm. the waters were so choppy, yeah, that I got uh, I, I got a little seasick. Like just and I, I'm, my body's just floating mm -hmm. in in the water, looking you know, looking with the snorkel on, looking at the fish, and and it was so choppy that I started to get seasick. And I thought, you know, I was like, you know what? What this might be? Maybe it's because you have to breathe through your mouth with the snorkel on. So it's like, <laughs> right. you know, you kind of feel yeah. a little bit like the world is like closing in on you. And But, you know, if you calm down, you breathe through your mouth, you're usually fine. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, no, that's not it. Like, I really feel sick. And so I think I, I like toughed it out for a good 20 minutes. Yeah. I just tried to do a bunch of different things. Like I would go... I would, you know, be in the water differently. I'd grab onto stuff. I just try to like to not think about it. And then finally, my wife turns to me and she's like, I'm seasick. And I'm like, oh, me no. too. Let's go. Boom. And then we raced back to shore. <laughs> oh, man. And so then once we did that, you know, we created the the opportunity for everyone else who was seasick to come so like almost almost everybody was like on the shore with us so it was uh yeah it was not the greatest uh i i imagine if the waters weren't so rough it would have been a lot better i go when we go i i, I snorkel out once a day sometimes twice a day just because I, I love the relaxation i bring the gopro and i just kind of chill out there and and look at fish and yeah just do do nothing because like you said you're shut off from the world yeah but usually I go with my sister-in-law because she's a big snorkeler, loves it. Um, the kids will go a day or two. Denise will go a day or two. So, But one day, Denise and I went with the kids, and we got out to this really nice reef, and we started cruising along. And it was a really choppy day, and the same thing. We were, about, we were out there, and we started to come back, and everybody goes kind of feeling it yeah just not feeling great so we made it back but the other thing too is i think we figured out 
even though you're breathing through the mask and you're everything else, you're still getting water in your mouth a yeah, little bit. For sure. So that it, salt water was yeah. salt water and up and down and yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. All right. So I did I did wear my uh my shirt here with yes. my Giants hat just to Very show nice. this. I'm back. But yeah, let's get to the uh the intro uh yeah. music here and let's kick off the show. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, so we're going to kick it off with with what we were what we are drinking. And you know, it's funny because I think I mentioned on one of the previous weeks that we are actually cutting back pretty severely on our alcohol yeah. intake. So I don't have as much of a variety as I once did. And, you know, when you're in Hawaii, you know, there's constant opportunities to drink. And I tried to stay as bourbon as possible, <laughs> but you just get so interested in all of these different cocktails. So I tried to try every bourbon cocktail that they made and people were telling me, God, oh, it's not very tropical. I'm like, yeah, but I like the taste of bourbon. I want yeah. to taste the alcohol. I don't want to taste the sugary, you know, drink and the bitters. Like I want to actually taste the, the alcohol. So I stayed with bourbony drinks that felt like, um, the bourbony cocktails were a little bit more they were they were less froofy and they were a little bit more right. solid so i stayed with those but then when we got home i have one bottle of it's maybe about a quarter full of uh this wheat bourbon i bought at trader joe's not the biggest fan of the winter wheat from from trader joe's it's fine to mix it wasn't the greatest uh, just sipping it and so then i was like oh what else do i have and I still had, I have two bottles, the gold and the silver of the Rocks Terramana Tequila. Yes. So I grabbed the gold. I had some Diet Dr. Pepper. So we're throwing it back with the Terramana and the Diet Dr. Pepper, which I had it once on this show before. And I was like, ah, I'm not too sure about it. For whatever reason, today it's very delicious. Yeah. I, and I'm in the same boat as you. Coming back from Hawaii, I mean, just eat. Like, <laughs> like there's so much good food and, and the drinks. But but then I always justify as like, well, I'm having fish. Yeah, I'm yeah. Snorkeling every day, <laughs> yeah. so I'm yeah. burning calories oh, or yeah. whatever. But uh, but I was kind of the same way. Got back, cut back. Um, so actually, uh, the last beer I had. This is Thursday. We're recording. His last beer I had was Sunday. I haven't had anything since. Wow. Then. I know it's a lot for me. That's a big stretch. So I went with the Terramana Silver. Ooh. We didn't even talk about this before the show, but I went with the Zevia grapefruit juice, Terramana Silver, and then squeeze a you know a wedge of lime in there. Nice and refreshing summer drink. So uh, we are the Terramana Brothers. Today. My my Knob Hill doesn't have the citrusy Zevia Doctor Z or the Zevia drink. So uh, it's it's only just the cola and then the Dr. Pepper and then there's like okay. a couple of other ones like a black cherry or something, but I haven't found the citrusy ones. But I I'm looking for it because I, I want to mix. Do you have a, a sprout near you? Um it's like a it's like a Trader that. Joe's. You know, I think we bit. do. I think okay. we do. 
So they I'll have, have, to, have to check that out. Yeah, great selection of Zevia. Pretty much I mean, anytime is there a new one that comes out, like they came out with a creamy root beer versus their regular root beer. And they had it like the first week. So yeah, they might have a deal with them. I don't know. All right. So let's actually talk about today's game, which crazy game just finished uh, about, I don't know, about a half an hour, hour before we started recording. And you were trying to rally this team through Twitter. <laughs> Pushed. Uh, Alex Wood didn't have the greatest game. And, and we'll talk about this in a little bit about my biggest worries with this team. And look, it's nitpicking because they're still they still have the best record in baseball. Yeah, but the um, the they were down four zero for the whole game, and then they come back in the ninth inning to tie it. In the top of the tenth, they get a runner on second, Bryant double, runner scores, and then I'm like, oh man, they're gonna break this thing open. Nope, they didn't score another run, and so they go into the bottom of the inning. Mac Cheese doesn't allow the the runner to get past third base. They could have actually possibly thrown him out at third base because one of the way that he, the runner got to third base was a ground ball to Crawford, and Crawford was like, "I'm about to throw this dude out at third. He's like, "Nope, yeah, let's just get the runner, let's get it out at first, <laughs> and then fly out. Game over. They win. Come from behind, five to four. Arizona is a sad baseball team right now, unfortunately." You know, they had the one, you know, Mad, Mad Bum got a win, beat beat the Giants a couple days ago. That was not fun to see, but if no. I'm going to lose to anybody, it might as well be Bumgarner. I was going to say, if that's if there was one game in that series we had to pick, gun to our head, pick, they're going to lose it, it would be that game. I'd say, let's give Bum some cra- one nothing ball game, something, you know, yeah. not too crazy. What, what was it? 3-1. 3-1. Three, three one, one. Three, three one. ball game. Yeah, Cueto had a, I think maybe give up. They gave up all the runs in the second inning, mm-hmm. but just uh, you know when you you had written it on Twitter before the game had even started, which was you know full full lineup is back just about except the only one we're missing is Longoria, Longoria, and then Buster was rested today. Yeah, but, right. Um, yeah, but everybody's back except for Longoria. Belt was back. Lastella was playing. Bryant's in the lineup. They had him playing all kinds of different positions these last few days, which shows his versatility and shows why he was maybe if he's not, you know, I had mentioned Max Scherzer on this show as somebody who I wanted, like we were talking weeks ago or like we, when we were kind of thinking about what's going to happen at trade deadline, Scherzer was my a one, but I also didn't think that they were going to be able to get him. As far as an offensive fit, nobody fits the Giants better than Bryant. And we'll talk about their their trade deadline, and and obviously we'll talk about the Dodgers' trade deadline as well. But they had everybody back, so except for Longoria. So it was nice to see that lineup today. And uh, I I I felt very similarly as you. Like you know, let's not let the foot off the pedal because we have this game, which. Going to Arizona, let's finish off the series. Let's take three out of four. Because right around the bend is maybe the most underrated of the good teams this year, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. So I I agreed with you. It was definitely uh, an important game for them to win because of what's around the corner. Yeah, and Milwaukee's going to probably win that division, the Central. Uh, Behind them is Cincinnati, I think. Seven games, seven and a half, like seven and a half. Uh, but 
you know, at the beginning of play today, I think they were only four behind the Padres, which is shocking. Yeah. The Padres have really dropped off. This would be a good point, a good time quickly to bring up the, um, we talked about the projected playoff odds and all that good stuff that Fangraphs does. They use that Monte Carlo system where they take the, the lineup from top to bottom. Uh, and it, so it really kind of takes into account the depth of your lineup. Um, they run it through a bunch of scenarios where it's like, if these guys are out of the lineup and then these guys are in the lineup, do they still win ballgames? So the Giants and Padres were going back and forth uh, in the 90 percentage rate of, of going to make the playoffs starting around July 11th. They were about kind of tied. The Dodgers have always been at like 99.4, 99.8. Um, let's see where the Dodgers jumped to on the trade deadline day. Uh, they actually went to 98.8 on trade deadline day, which is kind of bizarre. Um, even after getting Scherzer and, uh, and Trey Turner. So the Giants and Padres were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, July 24th, uh, six days before the trade deadline, Giants and Padres were tied at that 92.6% chance of making the playoffs. And then they went in different directions. So the, the Giants have jumped up from 92.6 to now uh, 98.4% chance. The Padres have dropped down to a 75.3% chance of uh, making the playoffs, which is strange because the next team that's even threatening them is the Cincinnati Reds, and they only have a 23% chance <laughs> of making of going to the playoffs. So, so there's their other, you know, 75 plus 23, whatever. It's close enough to 100. Um, but the Reds, they're, they're threatening, and they made a couple of good moves at the, at the trade deadline. Um, they were buyers. They were really kind of saying, you know, we're making a push. We need some more bullpen help for Amir Garrett. Um, can't remember exactly who they went out and got in Amir Garrett's uh, to add with Amir Garrett, but they did bolster the bullpen. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to make that run because they see, hey, we're pretty close to the Padres. Uh, Padres lost Tatis. They didn't quite make the moves at the trade deadline that everybody thought they were going to make. Um, so it's going to get interesting down the line for that, for that wild card spot. Is it safe to say at this point, it's the giants and the Dodgers fighting for the national league West. I, I don't know if Tatis comes back healthy. You Darvish is still on that team. Blake Snell, if he gets himself right, uh, they made a couple of small moves. Um, Nothing too crazy, but they did bolster their team. So the Padres could jump right back into it with a good little run. We play them, what, 10 more times, I think, the rest of the season um, and only play the Dodgers three more times. So if we could bust out to a nice big lead over the Dodgers, then things are going to look fun. So th that's what I said. Uh, you know, the Giants were down 4 nothing. It was like the third inning, and, uh, you know, I said on Twitter – this comeback is going to be sweet because I, I just never feel with this team that they're out of it with this offense. Now, 2010, 12, 14, 16, 15, 13, all those years, Giants are down 4 nothing in the 7th or 8th inning. It was kind of over, right? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of magic that was going to happen. Now, if the Giants had a 4 nothing lead themselves in those years, it was over and the Giants won that ball game. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about this team. It's really exciting because you, you got the team that leads the majors in, in home runs. 
So to sit there, and, and the two teams behind them are American League teams with DHs, and we don't have a DH. We're leading the, the league in home runs. So to sit there and be down 4 nothing kind of feels like, nah, it's a one nothing ball game. We can get right back in this. And you saw that ninth inning, and it was absolutely amazing. So the breakdown of the, the wild card, like you said, you know, San Diego, uh, they are still, I, I would say, because of how well they play both at home and against teams who are above 500, I, I think that I think that four game lead against the Reds, I think the Reds are a little bit of uh, I wouldn't call them a fake contender, but a lot some of their analytics, you know, kind of show that they're playing a li- their record is a little bit better than how they're actually playing, whereas San Diego's record is a little bit worse than how they're actually playing. Right. Um, but I think the thing to look at here is uh, the one real team. In that wild card chase, when it comes to, uh, you know, run differential, uh, is is the Atlanta Braves, and and so they're at five hundred. They're even three games back of where Cincinnati is. But I still feel like if anybody's going to make a run in that wild card, it's going to be the Braves. Now, talking about Milwaukee, who the Giants play, this is going to be another test. Milwaukee, when it comes to runs against. They are tied with the Dodgers for the lowest runs allowed in uh, in the National League. Giants are just four runs above those teams, and so Milwaukee. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig in, in in a little bit when we talk about them a little bit more. But they can pitch. They're they're starting pitching. They got three dominant starters. Uh, and you know a lot of a lot of people will name uh, Woodruff as like the guy. Oh, you know yeah. Woodruff, but they but Freddie Peralta, 154 strikeouts in 114 innings. Yeah, holy cow! <laughs> he now now he doesn't have the greatest control. He walks uh, he he walks uh, more more guys than because uh, they also have Corbin Burns who's who's been lights out and he's even even has a better uh, K per per nine than Peralta, but he doesn't walk. He walks less than half of the guys that Peralta does. So they just have guys, you know, three arms right out of the gate who are just on fire. So, you know, that those, that run against number is a real number. Offensively, they're not, you know, they, they can score uh, better than, uh, I would say, you know, the, the bad teams, but they're not, you know they're not there to uh, to score with the Giants and, and and the Dodgers, but they actually, um, you know that they they I would say their strength is is really in how how they play away from their their home field because yeah. they have a uh, a better away record than the Giants. And the Giants are thirty four and twenty three on the road, so this this series will be in Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee has a good home record, not a stellar home record. Giants have a stellar home record. Uh, Dodgers are, are really good as well. Padres are really good as well. But, you know, they they, they just play good baseball in, in all of the analytics that you're looking at. You know what? I, I, I didn't notice this, and I think this has something to do with just this last these last uh, six games against the Giants and the Astros. The Dodgers are 24 and 29 against teams above 500. That's surprising to me because the Giants are 31 and 20. Um, and they are tops in the uh, in the National League. Uh, 
the uh, the Brewers are twenty two and twenty one, so they seemingly uh, probably have a little bit of a harder record or, or, hard, or harder road going out because they're going to have to. My guess is that they just haven't played the Giants and the Dodgers and the Padres very much yet, <laughs> right? Which is which is part of why <laughs> that is. But yeah, this is going to be so fun to watch. The Giants, unless they just one hundred, you know, the Giants only got a, so so we're a hundred and nineteen. No, we're hundred nine games into the season. The Giants have to win thirty out of whatever's uh, uh what fifty, what is it fifty three right yeah. thirty out of fifty thirty one out of fifty three games to get to hundred wins. That's yeah. ridiculous that they're that they're so far out ahead. <laughs> in that way it just blows my mind so well one more win and it's 70 right i mean didn't they get to 69 today so one more w and they're at 70 i just want to add something about milwaukee real quick too their bullpen is ridiculous since july 1st at 2.58 era i hate i mean there's just you can look up and down that bullpen and you go i i don't want to face any of those guys, but the yeah. Giants, you know, since July first, they have the what number? Oh, I think the fifth best, or no, sorry, second best uh, bullpen in, in in the National League since uh, July first. So, and then today, I mean, today, today's game. Wood didn't have a great outing. He leaves after four innings. The Giants end up playing ten innings, and the bullpen. Throws a no hitter for six innings. I mean, that's that's what this bullpen has been doing the entire season. Now, the Giants didn't get that starter at the trade deadline that they wanted to get. So all of the talk right now amongst all the Giants writers is can the Giants make it through the rest of the season with this starting core? Um, Scott Casimir is finishing up in the Olympics. He yep. plays in the um Gold medal game. They play in the gold medal game against Japan on uh, Friday morning at 3 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. I will not be up, <laughs> but I will be recording it. I guess. What that's time is that for us? Oh, oh, sorry, Saturday. Saturday morning. Well, 3 a.m. our time. Oh, so got it, got three, it, got 3 it. 3 a.m. Pacific time. Um, if you were in Hawaii, you could have just stayed up till midnight. I know. <laughs> so there you go. But but yeah, so that's Saturday morning at 3 a.m. Pacific time. So so once that is over, he's going to be on a plane right back to AAA for the Giants. Um, there's another starting arm. Again, it's not a Scherzer. Yeah, it's not a Barrios um, or Barrios, sorry. Um and it's not, uh, you know, Hendricks. It's not. It's not any of the other guys or Kendricks, I believe. Uh, any of the other guys that the Giants, I shouldn't say the Giants were targeting. We know they were targeting Scherzer. All the other ones were hopes that, well, if we can't get Scherzer, we can target this guy, this guy, this yeah. guy. None of that panned out. So, do the Giants have the starting? staff to go through the rest of the season um tyler Beatty needs to keep his control good uh i mean there's just a lot of things that need to happen between now and then because can the bullpen keep coming in and throwing five no-hit innings every game no they can't it's just not going to happen we need giant starters to go seven eight innings i mean gossman looked fantastic last night but he only went what six innings yeah a lot of pitches in six innings. So that's something that kind of needs to to happen for the Giants. I know they've got a ton of arms in the minors in terms of the bullpen. Um, 
And it seems to be magic for them, no matter who they bring up. The guy has lights out for a little bit. They just uh, DFA'd Connor Menez uh, to make a spot. So I don't know if he's going to sneak through waivers and end up back um, in AAA or how that's going to work. Um, but to have that experience, and again, how do you? I mean, how do you throw? How do you throw just an awesome bullpen for five innings a night? You, you don't. It's going to blow up in your face every yeah. now and then. Yeah. So. All right. So even though we are in near closer to the end of the week than we are to the beginning of the week because this is Thursday. We usually record on Monday. I You did do a player of the week poll on Monday. And because of who uh, who won, I, I did think that, that we should actually go through it so that we could talk about this player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I put three up there. Donovan Solano came in third with 4% of the vote. Um, he hit... 389 and we always do it Monday through Sunday. Yeah. So that's our week. So this ended, you got to remember this ended last Sunday. It was the final game of the Astros series. Uh, and that's where it gets cut off. So it's Dodgers Astros series. Uh, so Solano hit 389, 455 Woba, one home run, two ribs, two runs. Um, Logan Webb had a two start week. Like we've talked about before, if you get a two-start week and you do pretty well, you're going to get on this poll most likely. Uh, so Webb had two starts. He threw 12 innings, had a 2.25 ERA, 10 hits in those 12 innings to go along with two walks, eight strikeouts, and got one win. Uh, and so he came up with 12% of the vote. Huge winner this week, Darren Ruff, a uh, fan favorite. We love the guy. He can play first base. He can kind of play left field. <laughs> um, we love it when he plays left field because it's always an adventure. But, I mean, the Giants have – I looked at their roster today. They have listed seven outfielders right now on their active roster, which is insane because when when we were kids – and I'm digressing just for a second – but when we were kids, it was like, oh, who's going to be our fourth outfielder? Uh, maybe a fifth if the guy also plays the infield. But we have seven right now, and Darren Ruff is listed as one of those seven. Uh, he, he won the week with a 360 average, 460 Woba, two home runs, five RBIs, his second career triple, uh, the speedy Darren Ruff, also added a stolen base. So how can, you, how can a guy who's not known for his speed hit a triple and steal a base in the same week and not win player of the week? He is going, he should hit all left-handed pitching and play first base in those moments. And yeah. I say that with, uh, with this guy being back. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> and, and, you know, Darren Ruff has just proven that he's just going to chew up left-handed pitching. Now, should he hit against righties? He's, he's clearly doesn't get the opportunities, but he also, his statistics say that, you know, probably not, but the way that right. they do these lineups, uh, him hitting lefties, I'm, I'm for it. He's, yeah. he's tearing it up. Well, and- all, all of his analytics, all of his stats, look him up against left-handed pitching. He's killing it. Oh, they're phenomenal. And it was also kind of a trade deadlines coming up. I'm going to show you what I can do type of week, and I'm going to make sure you keep me in this lineup. Uh, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can. And Alex Dickerson kind of has done that this week. Um, He's come back to life. You know why? Yeah. He was like, oh, my God. Like, 
Am I going to get? Am I going to get cut here? I'm one of the seven outfielders that the Giants have on the active roster. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm sure Alex Dickerson's going to be in the poll because what he had? He had a grand slam and then a three run home run. So he got seven ribs this week. So yeah. look for him to be up there. Uh, Chris Bryant, the newest addition, uh, he did hit a home run. Um, I think it was on Sunday. Uh, your boy Brian said, uh, you got to put him in the poll. And I was like, oh, so close. <laughs> if he hit another home run, if he hit two home runs in Sunday's game, yeah, I would have added a fourth name to the poll this week for sure. Yeah, he only, he only <laughs> played one game. He'll have his opportunities. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Bryant. Let's talk about Tony Watson. Those are the, the, the deals that they made. Uh, Giants gave up uh, Alexander Canario, who I mm-hmm. saw... Um, I saw in San Jose, we talked about this last week, uh, I saw him in, in San Jose, and, you know, he, he's a real prospect. It's not like they gave away nothing. Um, he's a guy who I think the Giants really liked, but, you know, when when, when you're when you're saying, well, you know, we're not going to give you our, our top five guys, then you, you start to dig into, you know, who's after that, and, he, and he's after that. And then they also gave up, um, who was the pitcher that, that they Caleb, gave up Caleb Killian Killian. Yes. Number 30 prospect of the giants and Canario was nine and Killian, uh, had a tremendous year. And so I think that's kind of where he picks up a little bit of steam is, is just this year. He's been really excellent. So maybe outperforming his prospect status, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to give up, you know, I think Canario is really the, the guy that, that they were looking for from a value perspective, Bryant coming into the trade deadline, he was hitting 267 with 18 jacks, 51 RBI. But again, his value is in how the giants will be able to utilize him. I think he started in center field today. He did. Yeah. So he's going to be, he's going to play center field. He can play the corner outfield. I mean, he could he could play seven positions on this team. Um, so if they do need a first baseman, he can be plugged in over there. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Was it Baggerly or Pavlovich today that threw out uh, the uh, "Hear Me Out" Chris <laughs> Bryant at second base? I think when... he's, I think he also said it may, maybe he also said the one that I saw was Longoria. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. Longoria at second base when um, when Longoria comes back. Chris Bryant at third. Longoria at second base. And I replied, and he he never replied to this, but I said, <laughs> "Do you think he has more, less, or the same range range as Donnie Barrels? Uh, that would be uh, Longo at, at second base." I would say a little less. He's got the older legs. Uh, he plays a great third base, but when you don't have to, you, you know, when you don't have to do more than spring out of your position, you know, to snag a line drive. Not that that's easy. I'm not saying that at all. That's like the hardest position to play. It, it, that that position, base. a lot of it is is, is reflexes because you don't yes. have you don't really have time to do anything. Those balls come so hard. Correct. But then at second base, good reflex. Yeah, you're making a good break on the ball, but you've got to get that angle right and you've got to get your speed up fast. So you there, need quick acceleration as well. Donnie Barrels doesn't have that. We know that. He's a good second baseman. He's not, you know, the best second baseman in the majors, but he's who we have. He's in there for his bat. Um, and then again, you lose Donnie Barrels' bat. 
and he's heated up tremendously. So then what do you do? I mean, this is an embarrassment of riches that we're going to have here pretty soon. That's why you see the fan graphs projections and the odds of us going to the playoffs because we have this depth. All these guys are coming back. So it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited. Solano is up to almost 280 with a 336 on base. Uh, he's not slugging. Yeah. As well as he did last year, he's only got uh, five homers and 15 doubles. But you're right, he is picking it up a little bit. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, it just gives them another option, really, right? Yeah. Like, so the one the one good thing might be that uh, him and Crawford won't won't run into each other on, on that side of the infield. <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, that's the whole reason Longoria hasn't been here, and he starts. As a matter of fact, he starts tomorrow. Longoria does, which will be Friday. I thought um, it wasn't tonight. I thought, it, I thought might it, be tonight. Tonight. it might be tonight. Yeah, it might be tonight, five innings and then seven innings tomorrow. So, yeah. So, so, so Longoria I, could be back this weekend, really. I was watching the post-game show with Papa and Estes, and Pavlovich was on. And so the Giants play this series against the Brewers upcoming, which we'll talk about. And then they have a day off, and then they start an, another series. And he was saying that um, he could see that if Longoria gets through all three stops, all three games of, of stretching him out, that he could possibly be up on Tuesday, which is wow. kind which is kind of cool. Now yeah. Gossman goes on the um bereavement what is it? The it's the injured list, but it's the because, family leaves right, list, I believe. It's because it's his right. wife is gonna have their child. Right. Um, and he's probably not gonna miss a start from what I understand. I think he's gonna be right back um ready to pitch in his next start and so belt comes back today replaces him on uh, the roster the 26 man if you're bringing gossman and longoria on tuesday there are two players that need options uh that they have to they have to you know send down and i i've I was trying to think of. I, I'm guessing there are relievers that Zadie has options on that he just, you know, because that's kind of his deal. Yeah. He's he's very comfortable just sending him up, sending him down. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So that that's a dance that they're gonna have to do. And once Longoria is up, at least on the offensive side, they are pretty much set. And if no one else gets injured for the rest of the year, they are set. And I'm just, I'm one, you know, that's why Sadie gets paid, but I'm just right. wondering, you know, what maneuvers he's got in him. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the roster now. I don't want to be in that position to have to make that call because I'm looking at the roster. Most other fans, Yankees fans, Dodger fans, whoever, probably not Dodger fans because the Giants have beat them up enough this year with these guys where they say, well, they're legit, but other teams would look at this roster and say, Oh, there's a lot of guys you could DFA on here. I'm not seeing many, uh, Estrada. He's the one that worries me because I think, I think he's the easy one. Yeah. But he's also, you know, he, he, he can also play shortstop. Well, see now you've got Listella back who can play a lot of infield positions, not, as middle well, probably as well but yeah i don't know Man. you know you look at look at Estrada. he's only got 75 at bats so this is a right. very small sample size but he's hitting over 300 
he hits with power. That would be a tough one for me, but I, I also don't know, like, what else? I mean, Solano, if Solano was not, did not turn it up, I don't think that they would cut him because he is a, a big part of, of the fabric of the team. Right. Um, I think, I want to say, uh, is it Duggar or Slater? One of them may have an option left if needed, but, you know, then again, you know, Duggar's got seven jacks. He's getting on base at a 340 uh, on base. Um, Slater is, uh, he's got nine jacks. He, he doesn't have the average or the on base, but he's got the power. I mean, he's got the glove too. Yeah, I don't know. It's these yeah. are like some hard decisions. What do <laughs> you do? Not decisions we want to make. No, I tell you that much. M- man, my stomach yeah. would be hurting like the whole time. Yeah. And Zadie's Zadie's just like rubbing his hands together. This is stuff that I love. <laughs> I can't wait to do this. Well, and and that's the thing too is you can't you can't make any trades now, right? So you can't try to pass somebody through waivers anymore, and then once somebody claims him pull them back and say, cool, now let's make a trade. That's gone. That that post-trade deadline waiver claim and trade thing is gone. Um, so so it's basically you, you waive somebody, you hope they get through, and then you put them da- back down in the minors. Um, does somebody get a phantom injury? I don't know. I mean, th- those <laughs> Where, have where's been known Bar- Where's Barry Zito when we need him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to get poor guy. Gotta, after all he did for us in 2012, um, <laughs> the rally Zito. You know, I wonder, I wonder, like, I, I was like, looking, I was like, ah, you know, what about Leon versus Jackson? And God, Leon is having like a sneaky, ridiculous season. Yeah, Jackson Jackson gets the strikeouts, but right. you know he had he had a little bit of a rough patch there, uh, a couple of games. Uh, I don't well, know. And I, then I wonder he if he turned it gonna... around last night. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. I, I do wonder if he may possibly get squeezed out. I hope not. Uh, you know, is it is it Sanchez? But you need Sanchez. Uh, for for some of those innings, like you know, w- with the starters being a little suspect of late, you kind of need him as uh, your emergency. But I, this is this is the, yeah, this is why Zadie gets paid the big bucks because man, this could be tough. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, just looking at this roster, it's it's uh, man, it's stacked and it is cohesive. And who, yeah, who, who do you draw? Estrada is the only one that I can think of offensively. I'm going to stick with Estrada is probably good because I, because I, I believe he's got the options. Uh, and to have a guy like that in your back pocket uh, heading into September, because, you know, we're close to the September call-ups. We're, we're only like three, four weeks away yeah. now. Um, so if Estrada does go down, there's a good chance he comes back up after September 1st because then you get that infield depth. Right. Um, you get another and, – and he's got the experience now. He's got those 75 at-bats. And, and how many at-bats did he have for the Yankees a few years back? Or, or was it last year or two years ago? So um, his his career, um, he's only got 187 ABs in his career, seven jacks, uh, 28 RBI. Uh, his uh, – he, he's – the the other hundred and twelve abs or whatever that that he had not with the Giants, uh, not a great average, but he still hit the ball at the ballpark a little bit. So, mm. 
Okay. Oh, uh, oh, and before we move on to the next thing, just real quick, you were talking about the broadcast today. I forgot to tell you. So I, when I'm at work, I have a really hard time getting the game on my phone and working at the same time because I use my phone for work. So yeah. it's like you, you got to go in and out of the app and it's a yeah, real pain. Yeah, sucks. So, yeah. So I just do radio. So I listen to Sirius XM. And as you know, most of you uh, who have Sirius XM in your car, when you're listening to it, uh, you get the home team's announcers. Uh, so, but I was listening on the Sirius XM app. So I say, you know, what's her name? Uh, uh, the Echo. Play, I can't say it now because she'll listen to me. Play, <laughs> play the San Francisco Giants on Sirius XM. Well, if you do it that way and you do the online feed of Sirius XM, you'll get the Giants broadcasters because I asked for it. So they have all of the feeds. So I'm listening to these voices and I've started working and I'm thinking, I got the wrong feed. Who are these guys? Yeah. Yeah. And then I go, wait a minute. That's, I think that's Randy Wynn. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Randy Wynn. And then the other guy, like, holy moly, that sounds just like Hank Greenwald. That's got to be Doug Greenwald. And Dougie I have Greenwald. Yeah. Cause we talked to him years ago when he was with, I think it was Stockton or Modesto and we were in San Jose with the Giants. So it's been a long time since I've heard his voice. And I was like, that's Doug Greenwald. So Doug yeah. Greenwald and Randy Wynn did the uh, radio broadcast today on KNBR. And that was a blast. They did a really good job. I had a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah. No, it was cool. I, I, saw, I heard that too. Yeah. Papa was saying that. You know, he he didn't get a chance to listen to the radio show, but uh, it's, it's awesome. It's it's yeah. awesome that they could just pull that out. Like, oh, we need a guy. Oh, let's yeah. get, you know, let's get Doug. <laughs> like, he's only the son of one of the greatest broadcasters in Giants history. Right, exactly. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, before we uh, before we move on, you know what they could do because I, I've watched Wilmer um, run, and he runs like me right now. <laughs> So you were talking about who's like the Super guy that fast. you <laughs> sneak on to the to the injured list. If yeah. they need you, I don't know. You can't. You probably can't do it because his bat is still tremendous for them, especially yeah. against left-handed pitching. So, but that would be a guy. Maybe if they could figure out like how to how to do it. But um, I mean, and maybe the maybe the week would do him well because he just looks man. It just hurts. It hurts my feelings when he runs. Well, yeah, exactly. And and then I I, I posted on our Twitter uh, earlier. I think it maybe it might have been yesterday. Yesterday, I think uh, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Wil Wilmer Flores appreciation post because. He doesn't get enough love. He's played 150 games now, 151, 52 for the Giants uh, in his career, and is hit like 280 with 24 jacks. He's got 14 and this year. He's got 14 this year. I mean, we love the guy. He's just awesome to watch. But now we have a wealth of players at third base and first base. He's painful to watch play first base yeah. anyway. <laughs> He's not the greatest third baseman. The DH is coming next year. Yeah, perfect <laughs> so, for him. Perfect yeah, for him. exactly. So, yeah, you're right. Could they sneak him onto the IL? Yeah, they probably could. Then, But then 10 days later, you're going to have to figure something else out. And it's going to get tricky. So, yeah, it, it'll be fun to see what happens in the next couple. And we're saying all this now, and there's a chance that Zadie picks up five guys between now and then <laughs> off of the off of the waiver wire and they yeah. end up in triple a and then we're like well now estrada can't go down because we got eight shortstops so <laughs> so the giants also brought tony watson back which was a surprise mm -hmm. because watson who was so great with them a couple years ago uh 
wasn't having a fantastic year, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, who do we trust? Who can be a quality mentor, quality guy in the pen? There's so many guys moving up and down, up and down, up and down. Let's put a let's put a a guy who's just so solid who can really help out and and make and make sure. I'm sure he's mentoring these guys at the same time just because he he's been around. Uh, so I was fine with it. I think it's a good move. Hopefully he's got something left. And if he doesn't, then you just don't put him on the playoff roster and you kind of go with the guys, you know, the young arms that they have. But let's talk about Scherzer and Trey Turner because this was our nightmare. Yeah. That the Dodgers were just going to go bonkers at the trade deadline. And they did. Like, they even went more bonkers than I actually thought they would go. Yeah. Uh, two studs. And, you know, when you can add a guy into your everyday lineup who's just a monster, and then you add an ace to your pitching staff, who he's essentially re- replacing Trevor Bauer. I don't think we're going to see Trevor Bauer again this year. No. But he's actually better than Trevor Bauer, yes. which is so frustrating. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. But, you know, yeah. that's how that's what we deal with, right? Having the Dodgers in your division, the way that they do things, uh, you, at least we hope that it puts a little hit on their farm system about the guys that they did give up. But still, you know, this is what this is why this division is so hard. The Dodgers are always, always, always going to be, you know, sniffing, you know, right, right up your back. And it's just, I was just, I, I was like, at the same, as much as I was amazed, my thought was, of course they did. That, that's like it's like how you got to think with the Dodgers. Well, and and then when we saw that the Padres were good, going to get um, uh, Scherzer first, remember that came out early on trade deadline day, and I I said at least it's not the Dodgers. And then, <laughs> two hours later, yes, here's the Dodgers coming hard up. Scherzer and Turner deal uh, deals about to happen. But then later in the day, it was coming across that uh, – oh, no, actually, that was the day before the trade deadline, right? That was the day before the trade deadline because in the day of the trade deadline, it kept – the reports kept saying, not finalized yet. Yeah. And I think, oh, please. Yeah, Ken, Ken Rosenthal wrote an entire article on, like, how this thing works Like, because I'm sure yeah. he was getting so much crap for it from the fans. Like, yeah. you reported that the Padres were getting him and <laughs> – and he, so he had to like write a whole thing on on how that thing kind of works. And he said, and he said, here's a link. Read this. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it all out here. I can't put it on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so when that was happening, I was like, oh, somebody else is going to swoop in. If it can't be us, okay, the Padres, but please let it be like the Blue Jays or somebody else. Yeah. But we knew he didn't want to go to anywhere but the West Coast. Right. It was going to be us. It was going to be the Padres. It was going to be the Dodgers. Um. But that's what sweetened the deal was when they said, well, we'll take Turner also. And then here's all of these prospects. They didn't have to lose Gavin Lux. They didn't have to lose Dustin May. They still had to give up a lot, but it's kind of frustrating to watch that and go, but none of these guys were probably going to be up in the next year, maybe two years from now. But a team like the Dodgers you've got to imagine you're, you're probably going to see like 25 to 40% of their prospects 
up in the major leagues at some point. They're top prospects because, like you said, they're always going to do this. They're always going to be in the thick of things, and they're always going to be making these moves. Now, on the flip side, as a Los Angeles Rams fan, I relish in that part of being in the Los Angeles market. When the, when the Rams got out of St. Louis and went to Los Angeles, I every year this is what the Rams do. They don't have a first round pick because they keep trading them <laughs> for like, you know, for players that are established, which I'm fine with. I'm like, cool, we're trading a first round pick for a guy who's a, a stud, a pro bowler. Uh, he's going to be with the team for years. That's what the Dodgers are doing. And it's maddening when you're a Giants fan because you're like, look at our roster. How many of these guys did we trade for? And we gave up like eight prospects for, but we get to sign them to $587 million <laughs> for the next 20 years. And they're going to be like Mookie Betts is going to be on our ass for years. Yep. And so, and now Scherzer, maybe well, he I mean, signs an Kurt, We've been dealing with Kershaw since he's like 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I've been worried about him too much because he's got, you know, he's got old man back syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what that, that is. You know what that is. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I think I have it right now. Yeah, there you go. That, that flight back from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's frustrating to watch. But you know what? It makes this rivalry what it is. I don't like it, but I like it because it pushes us. And and Zadie came from that. So he, he knows the inner workings of all that. And he knows that, like, I want to be there someday. I want to be doing that. And and basically, that's what happened this trade deadline. So, so looking at a couple of the grades, CB, CBS Sports gave us an A+. Um, Bleacher Report gave us an A. And The Athletic gave us a B. Is that Bowden? <clears throat> I think it was Jim uh, you know, Bowden. I didn't, I didn't put who the writers were. I think it was um, Jim Bowden. He, he, he was okay. his... I think he gave us a B because we lost out on Scherzer. I think yeah. that was the reason for the B. And, and, and probably because... Everybody expected us to get a back-end bullpen guy. Not necessarily a closer, but maybe somebody... Because, again, maybe you go out and get a Richard Rodriguez, and maybe he doesn't pitch the ninth because Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee are, are kind of set in that role right now, but maybe he is your big-time eighth-inning bases are loaded. we got to get out of this jam type of guy. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if the Giants really have that. <laughs> it's like every time the bases are loaded... And there's nobody out. It's not. It's never the same guy. It's always a matchup and playing the matchup. So maybe, maybe the Giants felt like, well, we don't need to do that because we play the matchup so much. Um, your setup guy. Your. This is my setup guy. This is my closer. It's a bit antiquated in this day and age. Um, it's a field guy. It's a maybe this guy's got it today. Um, that's like ten percent of it. But 90% of it is analytics. Um, this guy can't hit sliders, and Jay Jackson throws wicked sliders. So here he comes. And it, I mean, it, gosh, how many times has it panned out this year? So if you're, if, if just for everybody listening out there, if you are for some reason still questioning Gabe Kapler, Scott Harris, Farhan Zaidi's uh, uh, motives and how they do things, just stop. 
because it's it's working and it's going to continue to keep working. It's going to have some blips here and there, but oh, yeah. it's just going to continue to keep working for years and years. And that's what we want. We went from the Bochi era, era to this era and we wanted to keep going on. So um, anyways, huge t- tangent. I just kind of took off. And- well, I mean, if you if you disagree <laughs> with it, then, you know, you get a steak cake like Gabe yeah, got exactly. for his birthday. I love that uh, steak. <laughs> so I wanted, uh, we have three quick things before we get yeah, out of yeah. here. I wanted to give you the opportunity to speak about the Jay Jackson situation mm-hmm. where he finally had a, a bad outing and, uh, you know, he's African-American. The t- the Twitter and Instagram and social media bots. I, I I'm assuming that that's what it was. The bots yeah. just kind of went after him, and you know he had to deal with certain things in in his DMs. Uh, but you wanted to talk about it, so go ahead. Yeah, I think it hurts to think that those are actually real people. So yeah, I mean you, it's better to think about it that they are bots. Um, if you're not familiar with what bots are, they basically just look at al- algorithms and. Um, have set things to say and they go into people's inboxes. Um, it could have been real people. I mean, if that was real people, it's, it's disgusting to, to think that that is still happening in this day and age. Um, but we've seen from the last couple of elections, it's still here. Racism is still here. It's awful. It's horrific. Um, I wrote him, uh, uh, you know, just from, I don't know if I did it from our account. I think I did from my personal account. I sent him a private message on Twitter. I don't know if he's read it. Um, if he hasn't, uh, or if he has great, if he hasn't great. Um, but I just want to get something off my chest. And so I just basically told him, Hey man, um, sorry, this happened to you. This is awful. I was near tears when I was reading what he reposted. Mm -hmm. Um, just to think that there are subhumans out there that can say these things, um, that can feel these things and think these things. And so I just wanted to let him know, you know, as part of the fan base, you and I for years going back to the eighties and seventies, um, we fell in love with this team because of the players, uh, we'll always be Giants fans, no, no matter who's on the team. But we fell in love with the players, and we love their, um, you know, the 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 human element of our players, um, and they are our players. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate that to Jay Jackson. You know, he's one of us. He's one of our players. We stand with him. Um, the human element of his story is is awful to begin with. The guy's going through so much. He hasn't seen his child in a couple of years. Uh, the person he was with who had the child with uh, lives in, I think, Japan, correct? Um, and the yeah. laws there are very strict. So uh, she left him and has possession of the child. He can't see his child at all, his son. Um, so he's going through a lot. He's just trying to keep a smile on his face. Um, so I just wanted to let him know from us. We we really kind of grasped onto his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel for him. We stand with him, um, and and we obviously don't condone. I mean, we don't even have to say it. But obviously, we don't condone any of that from our fan base uh, towards our players. Yeah, the only like you said, the only solace is that I'm pretty sure those were not human beings, and if they yeah. were, uh, why they still have. Instagram accounts. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, and again, you, if you if you were to spray paint that on the wall, what was said to him, and a police officer saw you doing that, it would be a hate crime. 
it needs to be on social media. It needs to be tracked down. Uh, like I had said on social media, if we can pinpoint a terrorist bunker in Afghanistan and drop a bomb in that bunker, we should be able to find somebody on social media who posts this. It should be very easy to track. Um, you know, I, I work in the IT world. I don't know much about that part of it, but it should be easy to find these people and know exactly where they're coming from and track them down and, and charge them with hate crimes. It is a hate crime, public yep. or private. It's a, it's a hate crime. So, All right. Got one question for you before we yep. quickly look at the Milwaukee series and end this show, which is, what are your biggest worries for the rest of this year? We already mentioned that, you know, we're, I don't, we're not quite two thirds the way. Uh, what is that math that we were looking at that schedule? Um, <laughs> don't ask me to do Oh, math. I know. Math. Oh, 53 games left. Okay. So, uh, don't try yeah. to find a percentage. Off so, the top yeah. Of so, so we're not, we're, we're almost two thirds of the way through yeah. the season. Uh, and, Giants had the best record in baseball. They just took four out of six from two of the other best teams in baseball in the Dodgers and uh, and the Astros. And so, you know, things are looking great. They're, they're looking really solid, especially when you just mentioned the playoff odds. But if you do have a worry, what is that worry? It's, it's going back to the low-hanging, easy fruit off the tree and that starting pitching. We didn't get another horse. Um, like they said, though, they weren't just going to go after anybody. It was going to be Scherzer, probably Barrios. Um, and after that, I can't imagine there was anybody else that they had targeted for starting pitching. Um, but that's got to be it. That's got to be the biggest worry. Uh, there was an article... Uh, Darn it. You know what I didn't do is I did not um, credit the person who wrote the article. And I want to say it was probably baggerly, but it was about starting pitching. Um, but before the break, the Giants had 44.9% of their starts were quality starts. 44.9%. That's pretty good. That's almost 50% for quality starts for your starters. After the break, the Giants have had 22.2% of quality starts that's split in half from what they started with. If they continue on that path, it's going to tax the bullpen. We talked about that earlier as well. Um, but how do you, how do you remedy that again? Scott Casimir, Tyler Beatty, Sammy long. I mean, these are names that we know names that are in the system, uh, that can come up and can give you those starts. Um, De Sclafani is going to miss his next start because his arm is, uh, he's got a little fatigue. Um, so that's tough. Aaron Sanchez, who will not be a candidate to be DFA or, or put down because they need him. I mean, that's the thing. Starting pitching is like gold right now because, yep. the, again, the Dodgers went out and got an innings eater, a World Series champion, and just all-around winner type of starting pitcher. The Giants have to keep pace with that. It's funny to say the Giants have to keep pace with the Dodgers. Well, they won again today. Dodgers don't play today. The Giants gained another half a game. What are they, four games up now? So they have to keep pace with the Dodgers, even though they're four games up. But they do because of that trade deadline. But the Giants can outslug teams. So that's promising. Again, today, starter gives up four runs. Uh, Alex Wood gives up four runs. 
bullpen shuts it down while the Giants come back and score five runs. Not until the ninth and tenth inning. <laughs> You'd like that to happen earlier. <laughs> so you don't have to throw no-hit baseball in your bullpen for six innings. But still, that's is that a winning formula? I mean, I, I, I think if you ask any GM out there, that's not a winning formula to give up four runs early as your starter, shut down bullpen the rest of the way, and then score in the ninth and tenth inning. That's not how you win ball games. But if you are going to be a winner, you're going to win some of those ball games. But they're going to need to jump out to those leads. So I think it, it's going to be starting pitching is my biggest worry the rest of the year. My second biggest worry is early offense. As the Giants are not known, I don't have the stats up, but I'd love to see where we are. And I think I'll pull that up for the next podcast because that's always that's always interesting to look at. Where are you in your lineup? Uh, how How is your lineup? First, second inning, third inning, fourth inning, all the way down. Where do you score the majority of your runs? Second time through the lineup? First time through the lineup? I'd love for the Giants to be a first time through the lineup, one or two run scoring team. And they, they are. I mean but it's usually off of home runs. So I think they're going to get need to get that, uh, you know, the doubles up a little bit more, um, get on base. And Chris Bryant is an on-base guy. Tommy Listella is an on-base guy. Brandon Belt will draw the walks. Where did he go? Oh, he was one and two on his first at bat back today and then got a walk. I mean, that's, that's what they like. So, to get more guys on base in front of guys, I think going forward, we're going to see that Longoria, the slugging will come back for him. Um, so, so I, I, again, I think sticking with my biggest worry, it's that starting pitching. It's that quality innings between now and the end of the year, which is it used to be, we used to say like October 2nd, 3rd, I think it's uh, September 30th now or something like that. So Okay, I, I don't. I don't want the belt haters to to come at me. Okay, because mm. there are some belt haters. I get no, it. No, there's plenty of belt haters. What do you mean some? A lot. <laughs> I don't like them. Uh, I mean, I, I don't like the. I don't know. Sorry, I said that wrong. I don't like the belt haters. That's what I meant to say. All right, I just want to show. I love them. I want to show belt. them again. Okay, <laughs> but you know, I, sometimes I, I I probably come across a little bit as a as a belt apologist, but. You asked what he did today. He went one for three, one RBI, and a walk. Yes. So in his four plate appearances, he was on base twice. Now, he obviously has been out for over a month. Mm-hmm. So we just we just traded for really quality guy. Chris Bryant goes three for five today. Hits the, hits in the the game winner. Do you know that Belt's OPS is higher than Chris Bryant's? You wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't I would have guessed never, that. Never. I would never have guessed that. That's amazing. And and, and Crawford, uh, uh, so I, you know, we'll, we'll look at it. So Posey, okay. Posey's the leader in the team. Um, Crawford is second. And then I think it's Belt. I, I, I can look hmm. at this. I think they... Wow. Uh, I That's think amazing. They... I mean, I know Chris Bryant hasn't had the best year. But I guarantee you it's because in the back of his mind... He knew the trade deadline was coming. He kind of knew that he was probably on his way out of town because nobody signed extensions uh, with Jed Hoyer in Chicago. Just nobody did that. And so, although I shouldn't say that, um, 
one of their starting pitchers who they signed this year or last year in the offseason did sign a two-year extension. But I wonder if now he's looking at that and going, why didn't I sign that two-year extension? Was it Lance Lynn? I think it was Lance Lynn, starting pitcher for the Cubs, signed a two-year extension. Either way. Um, so, 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 it goes, so that was probably on his mind quite a bit. Yeah, it, it goes Posey, mm-hmm. and then it goes Darren Ruff. He now, now you would think, well, you know, Darren Ruff doesn't have as many at bats as Brandon Belt. No, he almost has as many at bats as Brandon yeah, Belt. So Belt's been out for a while. So then it goes Ruff, and uh, then after that is Longoria. So then Crawford, then Belt. So Belt's not, okay. it, it, you know, he's not top top three on the team. A lot of guys don't have a ton of ton of at bats, but but he's there with those guys because of what you just said, which is his ability to draw a walk. You know, he will he will walk. Uh, he he will stretch counts. Pitchers, you know, pitchers know that he's not going to swing first pitch like and just yeah. you know, ground out. This is not his style. So that was only I only said that to just remind people that you know he's he's he we are getting something with him coming back yes. and it's a positive thing so yeah i mean you'd be foolish to think we're not getting something back from bell i know i know a lot of people he frustrates them you know why because <laughs> he strikes out and yeah. sometimes he strikes out in in big positions and big uh key key points in games but Everybody does. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, there is no, is there really, is there a, like a clutch stat? I don't think there's a clutch stat. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the analytic guys have something, but I don't know if it's, I very... mean, Woba is pretty close because it's, it's how you produce runs either by getting on base and creating runs or driving in runs. Um, and it's basically on balls hit and play that, uh, you know, so, so I think they take out other factors. Uh, either way, I love Woba. Um, <laughs> we should do a whole show. <laughs> no, people tune out after about a minute. So well, there's uh, some good videos on YouTube about you, about Woba. Oh, okay. So yeah. um, my answer to the question is just like you, which is starting pitching. And mm. I, I think it was the all-star break, and it may have been the show that you missed that Jeremy was on. And so we were talking and I said something to the effect of like, my real worry is Gossman and DeSclafani, not that there's no way they're going to be able to replicate the first half. Like they had tremendous first halves. They're going to come back to earth a little bit. That's kind of what happens. Right. And Gossman was looking like, you know, the poor man's Jacob deGrom and it's changed a little bit. You know, his ERA is still really good ERA, but he's kind of come back to earth a little bit. So, my worry is that those guys have never been in this situation before as the two aces of a pitching staff. Cueto, as the number three behind them, I feel comfortable with him because he's done it for how many years now, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a little stability there. I am worried about Gossman and DeSclafani. You know, as we get closer to the end of the season, hopefully the Giants have a good enough uh, lead at that time where they can rest those guys a little bit, you know, make sure that they're fresh for the playoffs. But that's my biggest worry is just that, again, this is a, this is a worry in the sense of we have these riches and you got to kind of nitpick, but Gossman, Desclafani 
have never been in these shoes before. They've never gone into the playoffs as guys expected to win, you know, big games in the playoffs. So that's a little bit of a worry of mine. And we'll see what happens. I'm willing to, you know, I think what what, what my my real worry is, is that they go into these games and they don't play very well. And then you just kind of go back to, oh my gosh, you know, Zadie didn't take the take the chance to get an ace. He, like he thought he had the ace, but again, like what you said, Kapler, Zadie, Harris—they're doing a tremendous job with this team. And you just kind of got to go. Okay, it's been working so far. We can't really second guess them now because they've earned that right for us to just be like, you know what? Let's go. Like we're yeah. we're, we're we're behind you guys. Well, and, and two points on that. So number one. Zadie has said all season long, we aren't going to mortgage the entire farm to go for it. That, I mean, he, he didn't say it in those words, but he said, we're not going to mortgage the entire f- uh, farm to go for it because we're still building and we're still not quite there. But our goal is always to be competitive until the last day of the season. So, so that's, that's where you knew they were going to do something. I mean, making a move for Chris Bryant, that's, you know, that's not any kind of like small time move. Yeah. They gave up their number nine prospect in their farm system. Now, Canario and Killian, neither one of them are in the top hundred of baseball. So that's why we got such high grades on this trade as well. And they went and got a guy who can play many positions. He fills the Giants resume. I mean, his resume fills the Giants like want ads like perfectly. Oh, you can do this, 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 this. You're perfect. We'll take you. Um, so that's number one. And then number two, the Giants do have two guys, though, on the starting pitching staff who have had very good postseason experience, and that's Johnny Cueto and Alex Wood. So th- so it's like you have those two guys, so Gossman and Disclafani can kind of feed off of them. Um you know, the Giants in a five-game series can be a very tough team with this pitching staff. The Dodgers are going to be an extremely tough team with their <laughs> pitching staff, um, especially, well, if they get October Kershaw back or <laughs> regular season Kershaw back. Not 100% sure. But but either way. And then DiSclefani only pitched, what, 33 innings last year? Yeah. So I think that's the whole reason they're going to have him skip a start. His arm's a little, not sore, but it's tired, which is different than being sore. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just hasn't pitched this many innings in a long time. He only pitched, what, 166 in 2019, and then last year, 33. So that's 199 innings in two years. Um, I'm not sure what he's at right now. Um, He's up to 126. So, I mean, that's a lot. So to give him a a one-day, you know, one uh, rotation break is kind of nice. can the Giants afford to do that? I mean, well, I guess we'll find out when Sanchez is out there, but, uh, you know, they don't have many other options. So that, you know, like I said, that's kind of the the thing going forward. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, they got a big series with the Brewers starting tomorrow, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is another one where I'm just like, man, I, I, I love this series because it shows us where this team is, not only are they playing the Brewers, who are just this sneaky good baseball team, but they're going into Milwaukee. Yeah. And then 
you know, <laughs> the 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 Diamondbacks are kind of like the 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 Christmas gift of of, of all teams. <laughs> they come back, they get the Diamondbacks at home, then they get the Rockies at home. So next week, yeah. a little bit of an easier week. Don't say that. Don't say that. Um, but and and, and and sometimes you know they, they don't play that well against yeah. these teams because it's kind of like a letdown. But... Yeah, it's like flat. Like they were extremely flat today, and a lot of people on Twitter very frustrated with that. This is a boring game. I'm very, but I kept saying in the back of my mind, it's like this Giants offense can just kick it in because because like we talked about with the on base percentage, they're getting on base. Yeah, that's all you got to do. If you get on base every inning, you have a better chance of scoring than if you don't get on base every inning. And that's what this team is doing. So it's still an exciting team to watch in that regard. So we'll be back early next week in our normal slot. So we'll have a quick turnaround. This was a little bit of a different show for us because I was out. But um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna come back in a, in a few days here. We'll have the full recap of the uh, Brewer series and well, anything else that has, uh, has come up since then as uh, these, you know, like I said, these these situations, these roster situations that Zadie has to make these decisions, and it's not him. He's got help. There's going to be other feedback. They'll have to figure it out, and you know that'll probably be like the big story of the weekend. It's just, which is, man, what do they do? They have too many good players. Stay glued to Twitter. That's all. I, that's what I do the whole weekend and before games. What is it usually like? A couple hours before the games, Pavlovich start to get the news. I have uh, Alex Pavlovich's uh, notifications come up yes. in my Twitter, and so I, I've actually got. To, I've I've talked to him a few different times, and I told him I said, you know. When, uh, when when the Giants uh, won the World Series in 2014, I got your tweet five seconds before Pablo made the catch in foul territory. So I got to watch my whole family like on the edge of their seat when I already knew what happened. So yeah. he, he said, yeah, a lot of people tell me that. So I, I have to. What I do if it's a tense part of the game and I know I'm watching it on my phone and I'm like, 10, 15 seconds behind, I put my phone on do not disturb. So oh, there you I go. I want to see it live. I don't want it spoiled. There you go. <laughs> all right. So um, follow us, Thompson to Clark, on all social media, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, search for Thompson to Clark on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, hit, you know, click that join, subscribe button. And then, you know, the, obviously the, the uh, podcast Apple Podcasts, leave us a review slash rating. Uh, you know, we were just sort of talking about what it's going to be like if they uh, they're going to make the playoffs more likely than not, and we'll have to figure out like what kind of schedule we're going to do because you know the playoffs are a whole different animal, and we haven't right. we haven't had to deal with the playoffs in five years, but we know what it was like in ten and twelve and fourteen, where it's just nonstop. Giant. So that'll yes. be interesting and in how we incorporate this show into that. So yeah. anyways, sorry for the little bit of the long show, but it had been, you know, it'd been 10 days. So we needed to catch up. We'll be back on Monday for Brad. I am double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.